17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. So, Cordell, I think that this is a question that we have to start asking um, as you and myself on this podcast, a person, people that um, cover the Ravens and Lamar regularly and for the fan base, because I think that this is something that needs to be addressed. Um, There's just been too many conflicting reports between the media, between Lamar, uh, particularly with Lamar. Stephen A. Smith about over a month ago came out and said that Lamar said his camp called him and he didn't ask for a fully guaranteed contract. But there have been some inconsistencies that we've seen come out in the media about him getting a fully guaranteed contract and which Lamar has not um, fully denounced, although he's denounced other things and and we talked about this on the last podcast um, about the Adam Schefter report in terms of of, of information and uh, so Orlando Brown went on ESPN and was talking um, about his future and of course they asked him about Lamar Jackson because that was his former teammate and one of his friends and he alluded to the fact that you know he's he wants to get um, a high payday and, and mentioned um, fully guaranteed in passing. Um, Lamar did not denounce him and instead just retweeted him and congratulated him on his success and his new team with the Cincinnati Bengals, which we'll talk about later on in this podcast. But ultimately there's just been a lot of different things going around and i don't know if it's lamar trolling at this point i don't know if the media is just being received is just being given misinformation at this point but there's just way too many different stories and this is what happens when both teams decide that they don't want to put out there what they um offered and what the counter offer was right when they had decided that they weren't going to talk to the media about their contract negotiations. Everybody is left to themselves to figure out what exactly it is that the the team offered and that Lamar wants, right? So ultimately, I think that this boils down to if Lamar wants to be a Raven, and I think that that's a fair question to ask because this has become a circus. It's become... Uh, something that has dragged itself in the mud. It has become a misinformation of reports, whether mm-hmm. it be from him, whether it be from the media, whatever. It just has become something that every day you have no idea what new information is going to come out or if it's going to be true, whether it comes out. And so, you know, you've mentioned this on the podcast before, as well as your show how much you wonder Lamar wants to be a Raven. And I don't know if that necessarily means he doesn't want to be a Raven more so than I think that he wants to play this in a Kirk Cousins type of situation. But what exactly is it that Lamar wants? Does he want to be free? Does he want to be going on a less team, I mean, a a different team and potentially take less money just to be out of of Baltimore? Does he really want fully guaranteed money? These are the things that we have to start asking flat out 
um, that can require simple yes or no answers, but we're not getting any of that right now. Is this, like you use the word circus, and I think that's right on point. That's what it's become. I I said this a couple of weeks ago, really, at the start of the offseason, that things were going to get even crazier than what they were before. Really, up until the last couple of weeks, we really haven't heard all these different reports come out the way that they have over the last couple of weeks. I mean, they've been coming out of every angle to this point. And you could make the argument that all these different reports, they really all add up to one report. They haven't all necessarily been too different from the other. It's more so been just multiple layers of the same report. Some reports may conflict another portion of the report in terms of especially the does Lamar want fully guaranteed money? Stephen A. Smith is saying Lamar's camp told him he doesn't want a fully guaranteed. That's not what he's looking for, a fully guaranteed contract. And then you hear Orlando Brown on ESPN talking about that is what Lamar's looking for. And Lamar's on Twitter basically like, you know, supporting it. So the one thing that I've had an issue with in terms of Lamar side of things, and I haven't really voiced my opinion too much. At least I've tried not to uh, voice my opinion too much on who's doing what's who's doing uh, the right stuff, who's been wrong in certain situations, because ultimately, I, I've said this before, I don't think there's necessarily a villain in this. I think you have two sides that want what they want and they're both going there. They're, you know, they're separate ways in trying to get to the end game right now. Lamar has been going all over the place as of late. Um, and the one thing I don't like about what Lamar has done is the fact that he has jumped out there to let people know what's not true. He will continuously say what's not true, but he won't tell you what is true. He won't actually say, well, it's not that. In fact, it's actually this. Instead, he'll just say, y'all are wrong. Y'all you know, basically shame people for having to guess in a situation that they he won't give any type of insight to. So if exactly. You're tired, you're tired of people speculating and coming up with all with, of what he says, the wrong answers. Why don't you give the people the right answers? So I guess that was a step in the right direction of him tweeting out the three years, 133. That's the first time we got any type of concrete numbers from the people involved in the situation. I mean, right. Costa and, right. Them and Lamar. It's the first time we got something right out of the horse's mouth. Um, and then you see him disputing with the reports from Schefter and those guys. I think it was more so the wording in that headline from Baltimore Beatdown that kind of got Lamar yes. that that yes. was snap. Uh, but I, I don't think it's necessarily him saying the details are wrong. And I, I could be wrong on that. But I'm with you, Rita. I, I question what Lamar is looking for. I've been questioning for a while how much Lamar wants to remain in Baltimore um, because it's kind of like ring around the road right now. I don't I don't know what he's looking for. I mean, if he's looking for a fully deal, I don't see Ravens doing that right now. It's clear. Unless another gives it to him, and then we'll see if the Ravens want to match. Maybe the Ravens just don't want to be the team to break the code. You know what I'm saying? Right. To, to break the line. They don't want to be the team to do that. But if they're matching another team that does it, say the Colts, and I'm just using the Colts as an example, I, I, I would look at it like the Ravens aren't the ones that are actually the ones breaking the code. It's Jim Irsay 
that broke the code, not Bashadi. Bashadi's just right. keeping his best player. He's doing what he has to do at that point. Um, so it's a unique circumstance right now. I, Lamar, I will say this. Lamar has a lot of side businesses that he does that I would imagine he probably handles he, he probably handles some of those business decisions on that end. And I'm assuming that a lot of that stuff probably takes place in Florida. Maybe the way that he does business down there, he's able to get away with a lot of the stuff that he's been trying to do, I think, and with these negotiations with the Ravens that maybe don't work. You know, the NFL is a different beast, but when you've got right. these adventures that you're doing in your hometown, they're probably a little more lenient with Lamar's negotiations tactics. They're probably a little more willing to give him what he wants. So he's used to used to people saying yes all the time. He's so stubborn. I, I think he's going to play this the long game. You mentioned Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins played on two franchise tags yep. uh, with, with the Redskins at that time and ultimately got the payday he was looking for from the Vikings. Maybe that is what Lamar is trying to do. And it's possible, right? And 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 Kirk Cousins' contract, um, I think it doesn't get discussed because it it didn't have any, it wasn't impactful when it comes to you know what happened um in, in contracts moving forward. I think we can all agree that the Deshaun Watson situation when it's an is an anomaly, and the 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 Browns are a very sad franchise. They haven't been really relevant much since their return in 1999. They have tried. They have definitely tried. I mean, Tim Couch. I re- I was there. I seen. I seen when they drafted Tim Couch. I remember it very well. When drafted a whole bunch of other guys that didn't work out. You know, Brandon Whedon's of the world. Um, and and more recently, Baker Mayfield coming out of the same draft as Lamar Jackson. So it's not that they haven't tried to get quarterbacks. It, it just hasn't panned out. So for them, it made more sense to go all in on somebody that they already know in terms of skill set right and as opposed to trying to develop them um it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what other teams were going to start doing and as we as we've seen other teams have not bought into that logic um as of yet and so I, I don't know if that'll ever be the case um I don't you know you got other contracts coming up the Justin Herberts, you know, um, the Joe Burrows, maybe the Jalen Hurts of the world. So you're interested to see how this is all going to play out. And it's very possible that these next guys that are coming, um, one guy that's been to two AFC championships and a Super Bowl appearance, another guy that's been to a, a, a Super Bowl appearance, are not getting guaranteed contracts. So at that point, do you continue to, you know, dig your 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 you know feet in the in the ground or do you at least for the short term get your money up front and then try to work on something you know um from from a perspective of you know getting some more money long term because the Kirk Cousins deal is something that we don't talk about but I feel like that there's a reason we don't talk about it it's because it doesn't it lacks the impact that the Deshaun Watson deal has so I, I, and we I, we can both clearly agree that Lamar is a better quarterback and athlete. Well, at, least, at the very least, a better athlete. And I would say better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. So, it, it, you know, I, I think that that's something that he'd be willing to do, that he'd be willing to just ride this in the long game. If you're the Ravens, though, 
how long do you allow this to go on? Because That's at some not. point you're going, if, if the case is Lamar is trying to max himself out when he goes to free agency and finds himself, you know, uh, a, a, a new suitor and you know this and the writing is on the wall. How long do you play along with this game before you say, I have to, I can't continue to do this. Resetting is going to suck. Because finding a quarterback is hard in this league. But if I'm not willing to meet the terms that he is asking for, a la a fully guaranteed contract, then I have to move on. I have to move forward. Yeah, because, I mean, think about it. The fifth-year option that he just played on, that was $23 million. This year, if he plays on the non-exclusive tag, that's $32.5 million right there. So my math isn't the greatest. Uh, but that, that adds up to what about 55 and a half million. If they tag him again next year, assuming this goes the Kirk Cousins route and he plays on two franchise tags, they tag and, and I think Cousins got the transition tag as uh, I think that was the other deal that he had got. I, I might be, be mistaken on that, but assuming he plays on the tag again next year. That number, the, the the exclusive tag this year was what, 40, 44, 45? Yeah, 45. I mean, what are you going to non-exclusive him again next? I, I, I don't know. It, they would be in a position to where they are potentially paying Lamar close to $100 million in three years anyway. And and these are all. But that's, but that's, still, that's still not more than what he would have gotten no. had he signed a deal that at, at with injury. 175 up front right. and non-injury 200 i again you mentioned math i i am actually pretty decent at math that sounds like you're making less to no, me. It, you are the difference is i think that the ravens would like to get a long-term deal done just so they could spread the money out a little right. more than than what's going on just talking about it from the raven standpoint and i think they would like to just get some if they're going to get a long-term deal done they'd like they prefer that over these one year, you know, type of deals, because in the long run, I, I don't think it works out for them. The, it, the uncertainty around their roster, the the going into the offseason with the question marks of knowing what you're even going to be able to do. You don't want no franchise wants one player to kind of handcuff their offseason. I mean, look at what's going on with the Jets right now. Yep. Brandon Rogers himself has come out and said he's not the one holding that up, but they've got the Packers basically holding their offseason hostage because of their desperation has allowed the Packers to basically take advantage of them right yep. now. And I, I just think the Ravens are too good of a franchise and too proud of a franchise to consistently allow Lamar to kind of hijack their offseason. And I, I love Lamar. I, I think Lamar is I one of the too. best players in the league. Um, I think he's done great things for the Ravens organization. I think it'll be a monumental loss if he's not in Baltimore, make no yep. mistake about it. Uh, but at the same time, no team can allow a player to have that much power over their franchise. It's, it's tough to really do anything because Lamar is reluctant to do anything. He's moving at his own pace. Meanwhile, the Ravens have to try to figure out what pass catchers are we going to get in here? Who are we going to get at cornerback? Like they have holes that they have to fill yep. and they're kind of at the red light right now because they're waiting on this stuff with Lamar. 
I completely agree with everything you said. I mean, you said it perfectly. I, I would love Lamar to stay, continue to be a Raven, but also uh, from an organizational perspective, you you this is a domino effect and you can't continue to allow it to um, fester into what you have to do for your other spots on your roster. And so that's, you know, look, I don't know what happens from here. I don't know if he plays. I don't know if they sign. It, to me, the every day goes by that there's not a new deal. To me, tells me that everybody's comfortable with playing on this, this um, you know, non-exclusive tag if a team doesn't give him an offer. But ultimately, um, I, I definitely think that this is something that could potentially be dragged out and potentially affect the Ravens as an organization um, short and maybe long term. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, I really hope that they can come to terms with something, even if it's a short term deal, because I do think Lamar is worth more than than thirty two million dollars. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but ultimately, you know, him, him digging his, his feet in the ground, you know, and, and taking a stance, you know, look for him, I guess he feels like it'll cash out in the long run and we'll see how that works out. We'll see how that goes. Um, we have a whole off season to worry about a full regular season and then an all, another off season potentially that's on the line here. So, um, we'll see how this goes, but I, I just, Right as of right now, this is the circus, yes. and the Ravens aren't used to being in the in the news at this capacity before, and it has been already an interesting off season when it's come to the Baltimore Ravens. Before we get into our next segment, make sure that you're subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to know. So because there's so much uncertainty at the quarterback position, Cordell, obviously, you know, the Ravens have uh, done some due diligence, it appears. Um, it, it appears that they have looked at some other quarterbacks and then they also uh, tendered restricted free agent Tyler Huntley. But according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, who is, has some hits and misses, but this feels like that this is a hit. Um, the Ravens had looked into options of Baker Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett. Now, those two guys are off the market. Jacoby Brissett went to your commanders. Um, Baker Mayfield yeah. went to Tampa. Why you now? Why why now? When whatever. I say your commanders, why did you uh, do that? Why did you shake your head at me? Just whatever. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the 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 least we talk about them, the better. Whatever. I actually like the. I like Jacoby Brissett. I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. I I, I like. I, I like it. Okay. I, I would like it. I would like to Kobe Brissett as a backup to a guy like Lamar Jackson and I not a backup to a Sam it. Howell. That, that, that's really it. what my beef is. But I get you know, it was I completely understand the logic. Uh, but Brissett also did play, you know, as a starter while Deshaun Watson was out due to suspension. Mm -hmm. So I can understand, you know, why, you know, he feels like he got some starter in him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, he, he goes to Washington, uh, Baker Mayfield goes to Tampa. And so that those are two guys that the Ravens have no longer availability to. Um, as we also know, they put a uh, non-tender uh, tag on backup quarterback Tyler Huntley, um, who was a restricted free agent. And explain the difference between the tender and the non-tender um, for restricted free agents, if you could, Cordell. 
Yeah, so the tender for uh, Tyler Huntley right now, the tender that they have on him allows him to go out. It's kind of the same, a little bit of the same situation with Lamar. He can go I kept out. Call, I apologize. I don't mean to cut you off, but I kept uh -huh. calling it non-tender. I meant to say low tender. It's right. so That is my fault. Right. It's low tender, guys. So the difference between the regular tender and the low tender. There we go. Back to you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the low tender, which is what Tyler Huntley got, is still a little, both are similar to what Lamar is doing right now to where he can go out and talk to other to, to other teams. Um, the difference is, A, the money that they would have to put down on these guys if they had put a, a, a higher tender on Tyler Huntley. So if they had went the other route, um, they could have put maybe like a third round tender on Tyler Huntley or a second yeah. round considering they don't have a second rounder. I don't think anybody would have taken Tyler Huntley in exchange for a second round pick. So he probably would have ended up back on the Ravens. And I believe the price tag, uh, of of such uh, of that of that of that tender would have gone up for, for Tyler Huntley, so the Ravens would have had to pay him a little more than what they now have to pay him, I believe, with him hitting hitting the open market. So the difference now is that Huntley still can go and talk to other teams, but if the Ravens decide to not match, they don't get anything in return for him. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's the that's the biggest part. Um, and for me, I think I think it says something about how they may view Huntley compared to some of the other options that maybe they could get a backup quarterback. Um, Todd Munkin, new offensive coordinator, he he may not use Huntley the same way that they've used him in the past. You know, so I, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't as thrilled about him. Well, maybe that's not the case at all. Just to me, when I see them not put anything on him, because I think Huntley's in a weird spot. I don't, he, the Ravens have a lot of guys to where nobody really knows what their true value is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because of the offensive scheme that they have been in the last few years, it's really tough to really gauge how good some of these guys are that they've had on the offensive side of the ball specifically. And I think Tyler Huntley is one of those guys. Two years ago, Tyler Huntley looked like a totally different quarterback when he had to fill in for Lamar Jackson down the stretch. This year was a totally different situation. Um, so I don't think that there would have been a team out there that's willing to snag Tyler Huntley in exchange for a second round pick, a third round pick, maybe a fourth, maybe. But I, I, I just don't think Tyler Huntley has that type of market right now. So um, – Instead of the Ravens going through all of that, they just left them out there. And especially with guys like Baker Mayfield getting signed, Jacoby Brissett getting signed, Taylor Heineke getting signed. It's a lot of those guys already gone. Maybe a team like Tennessee comes in and gets a Huntley or something. I mean, there are still teams that need a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but, and Huntley may fit more into that price range that they're willing to do, but I wonder if Tyler Huntley, be, uh, and I can't, I don't want to quote anybody because I, I can't really remember who I saw this from, but it was somebody that covers the team, somebody else that covers the team that I saw that that has mentioned something like if a team is willing to uh, give Tyler Huntley like $3 million or something like that, I, they don't think the Ravens will match it. I, I, I don't right now. So uh, I, I, this is another thing to watch right now with Lamar Jackson being on the open market they could end up losing Tyler Huntley as well 
Yeah, and I think that this is a calculated situation. I, it's, it's more so. I don't know if that feel if it feels like that they don't value him. Number one, obviously they need the cap money. So if you do the low tender, it's like you already mentioned, it's less money. So it goes against the cap. So there's that. But then also, I think that this is a calculated situation in terms of like it's a gamble though right because I think that this is a potential gamble of them thinking that nobody is going to sign Tyler Huntley to some type of big deal that the Ravens can't match right um and and that's the potential situation here it does suck though that because if you're Huntley it's like well damn you know I was at the Pro Bowl. Now, I don't know how much that means to anybody around here, but it means more yeah. to him than it does to anybody else, most likely. Right, right. And so there's that part of it, right? But ultimately, um, it, it feels like a calculated risk that they feel like will eventually they'll be rewarded from. And as of right now, we don't know that to be true. I mean, as of we're recording this, nobody has put in a tender for him to see, you know, how this is going to play out. But um, it, it does feel that way. And if I'm Tyler Huntley, I'm probably like, well, damn, you know, but then also I think he gets about, I think it's about $2 million um, that he'd get um, if, if, you know, he stays. So um, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. But in terms of the other quarterbacks, I mean, look, they're already coming off. They're already finding their way off of, free agency it ain't really much left out there at this point so the draft is probably your next thing in line in terms of like what it is i mean there's matt ryan but who wants matt ryan let's be real (laughs) i mean we talked about quarter team we've been talking a lot about teams that are in the uh discussion for lamar i mean i think in tyler huntley's case it may be more so about teams looking for backup quarterbacks still and uh, I, I, I mean, I know we've mentioned the Colts in terms of Lamar, but the Colts could be in play for Tyler Huntley, to be honest with you. I mean, they, they've got literally nobody on their roster. I don't know how much they trust Sam Ellinger. You know, I, not enough, obviously. So, uh, <laughs> like, they, they could go. They could be a team that can go I, – I, I think almost any team could be in play to bring in Huntley as a backup, unless you're one of the teams that just signed a backup quarterback over the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, but – I think it'll be a lot of teams that are willing to at least bring Huntley in, especially if there's maybe, uh, you know, maybe a team like Tampa. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they want three quarterbacks, but really Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask is much of a competition. You're almost basically handing it to Baker at that point. Tyler Huntley makes it a legit competition uh, right there between he and Baker. I, I think that's a legit quarterback competition, but, even around the league, there there's going to be other teams that I think have fringe quarterbacks right now that they may have to start but don't want to start. And maybe yeah. they could bring in Huntley just for some sort of competition or worst case scenario, you get to week six and you're like two and four. And there you and go. You, you need to make a change. You can throw in there. Yeah, that's very true. So, you know, uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out because, again, you already mentioned because it's the low tender, if they don't match, then they lose them. Well, the Ravens need quarterbacks, too. So, you know, as much as I like Anthony Brown, I I definitely have acknowledged that he's raw and he needs some development. And, you know, there's some other things that he has to work on. And I don't know how comfortable you'd feel going into the season with a, um, an inconsistent situation with Lamar Jackson. 
and then Anthony Brown. And please don't make jokes about Stetson um, Bennett being drafted by the Ravens in the seventh round. It's not funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's 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 a possibility. I'm not. I, 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 I don't even want to think about it. A possibility. He and he probably did nothing but lower his draft stock too. Didn't he? Uh, have like a reckless driving or something. He, he had. He oh had a, yes, yes, yes he, a, a yes he did. Yes he did. So yeah, I mean, he'll be there. He'll be there if they really want him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interested at all. In you don't this. want back-to-back national champion Stetson Bennett? Oh please, please, Cordell, please spare me. I, I would much rather, have, as much as I've given Tyler Huntley some grief on this podcast, <laughs> and, I, and I've always, I haven't talked bad about Tyler. I just said that Tyler, I think at times, looks like he's struggling to throw the ball down the field. But I would much rather have Tyler Huntley at, at this point uh, than Stetson Bennett. <laughs> All day, every day. Okay? Right. I, now I am going to use the Pro Bowl moniker and say, right, well, he at go. least went to a Pro Bowl. <laughs> That's what there for. And that, that Pro Bowl asterisk is there for whenever you need to pump Tyler Huntley up just a little more. Like, let's not forget, he was a Pro Bowler. There it you know, is. Okay. Just to, just to add some validity. And, and Pro Bowlers get paid extra money. They do. You know, it's, it's almost like a, a, a playoff stipend. You get extra money. So let leave him alone. I, I'm he good with him. He played okay out there. Like, he actually looked like he was a he part did. of the group. He did. He he absolutely he actually did. Now to be fair, it wasn't like it was like the group was like full of guys that right. should have probably Mahomes, been there. But Allen and in, those guys, right? And in middle tier, he did. I mean, he looked fine. So there's he that held, part, he held it right? On. So yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it could will the Colts could absolutely be a team that would be interested and in, and in all of these things. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I would really like Tyler Huntley to stay um, and, and continue to be the backup with so much uncertainty because it, it, at the very least, you know what you're getting from Tyler Huntley. And it would be good to see him, you know, work with someone else to potentially help his skill set as well. So um, we'll find out sooner than later if somebody is going to put in an offer on Tyler and how the Ravens will respond to that. Um, shortly thereafter, because I would I would think that that would try to get done before the draft. I would think. Yeah. Before we get into our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, hit that subscribe button so that every time Cordell and, t- and I talk about your Ravens, you will be the first to know. So we talked about Orlando Brown briefly, Cordell, in the first segment um, regarding Lamar Jackson. And he was on ESPN and he was having a conversation um, just about his future, his time. And he also, you know, made the comments about Lamar. And so shortly thereafter, we found out that he was signed by the Cincinnati Bengals um, to be their left tackle. And then after that, after that came out, he he had a tweet that mentioned, you know, he said, um, I'm a four-time Pro Bowl, Super Bowl winning left tackle. Put it on a, an effing shirt, right? Which was very mm. weird to me because you you did that when you were trying to get out of Baltimore, but you've been a left tackle for, for a couple of years now. I'm not really sure would you what you why you're still feeling like you need to tell people you're a left tackle when you're clearly a left tackle and you were signed as a left tackle, but that's not here nor there. You are a left tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals, which is an upgrade for them whose offensive line definitely struggled and had many injuries uh, on their line last year. So first we we saw, uh, you know, former Ravens tight end who eventually has moved out uh, of the division and Hayden Hurst 
was a Bengal, and now it's Orlando Brown moving from Super Bowl champion uh, Kansas City Chiefs to AFC runner-up, basically, Cincinnati Bengals, which kind of, I guess, heats up that rivalry a little bit more, if you'd uh, argue. But seeing Orlando Brown back into the AFC North, it feels like it's some familiarity there. Um, you know, obviously the Ravens drafted him, so I would have to think that they know his strengths, his weaknesses pretty well. Um, how does that bode to you in terms of the Ra- uh, the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, because we know that they've been wanting to fix that offensive line, and they yeah. tried to do it last year. They got some guys in free agency, and it took a while for them to gel, which is why they struggled in the beginning of the season. And then it kind of broke apart again at the end of the season. But I do feel like that this is a good signing for them and that it solidifies at least in, in – and what we on paper it solidifies their left tackle um, issues. Yeah, I mean because Jonah Williams has been complete trash since they yeah. drafted him. Um, so it, it's definitely an upgrade over Jonah Jonah Williams. Um, I'm kind of surprised to be honest with you that this is what ended up happening. I mean Cincinnati gives them a four year deal worth sixty four million dollars, forty including forty three and a half million guaranteed. And he also got a $31 million signing bonus, which is the highest ever for an offensive lineman. This is from a notoriously cheap organization, mind you. However, if based on based on offensive, if you look at the uh, the, the salaries of, of left tackles, it's still middle of the pack. Oh, so, yeah. Yes. His salary is, it's the yes. signing bonus. It's the yes. Money, money yes, that it's they just the upfront money. Yeah. I, think he's, I think he's like 16th or something like that Yep. in terms yep. of uh, – like yearly average so yeah he, yep. that that's still that's still the cheapness pouring out in the deal of the bangles <laughs> um but yeah I, I am i'm i'm still surprised that they were willing to kind of like give him that that much just right there on the spot because that's just not the way that they do but maybe that's a sign of things to come of how they're going to handle some of their deals with some of their other key players on the offensive side of the ball that i'm sure that they're going to want to keep that they know that they're going to have to pay handsomely. Maybe this is what they decide to do in terms of, okay, let's just front load. Let's give them a lot of, you know, the, the a bigger bonuses, give them the money up front and then make it so that the cap hit each year is something manageable that we can deal with. That may yeah. be the loophole that they, that they decide to go with whatever you can to keep quality players, whatever you can do to keep quality players on your team. I'm always for it. Yep. Um, Orlando Brown as a left tackle, it has still been in question. I think that's why he still feels the need <laughs> to remind people some insecurities that, you know, there. You think, you know, and because even you, you think about it, uh, there were report there were reports just the other day that teams were reluctant to pay him like a left tackle. I think that was part of the reason why he kind of did that promo tour and go on <laughs> the ESPN show to kind of talk his talk, but. Um, yeah, you know, he, it means a lot to him, no doubt. Obviously we know about his father playing in the league and the promises he's made to his father. So I get it. You know, you always want to be able to have that opportunity to be able to, you know, stick it to your haters, so to speak, all the people that said you couldn't do it. And then you turn out to do it. You want to constantly remind them, or some people are pettier than others. Some people are going to, you know, keep it going a little longer than some of us would. But I, I think that's what he's, I, I don't really have the biggest issue with it. Um, but like I said, I've never really looked at Orlando Brown as a premier left tackle in the league. I thought he struggled this past year. 
uh, with the Chiefs. Um, you look at it, I mean, uh, in terms of uh, Orlando Brown and, and his block rate, I, I had saw some numbers earlier. He he had a post, he posted a pass block win rate of 91.8% this past se- uh, over the last two years with the Chiefs. That ranks 18th among mm-hmm. all offensive tackles. So he's like kind of a middle of the pack type of left tackle. He needs a lot of help at times. His, yeah. motor, his motor isn't there. He kind of shuts down when he wants to. That's one thing that I've been co-hosting with Benny Serrato all week, and that's the one thing that sticks with him. And I I, I had to agree with him on that. You see that on film. Orlando Brown, he'll kind of just – he's not a guy that always blocks to the whistle. Um, but all that said, number one, he's been he's now getting the opportunity to block for Joe Burrow after blocking for Patrick Mahomes and Lamar right. Jackson. It doesn't get yep. much better than that. Yep. But I do think – Joe Burrow's play style will help him a little more. He's a more on-time passer than Lamar and Patrick Mahomes. They get the ball out of his hands pretty quick in in Cincinnati. He wants to get it to his receivers and let them make plays after the catch. So this may be a better fit for Orlando Brown. I think you'll be able to get more good Orlando Brown in Cincinnati than, than the bad one simply because he won't have to hold up for as long, meaning he won't require as much help. Yeah, I do think that, um, you know, uh, now Joe Burrow does move around similar to, you know, like uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes type. He can extend the play with his legs, so we've seen that. But I I do think that he would prefer um, to kind of get those those quick passes out to guys, uh, particularly like a T. Higgins. That's the – excuse me, Tyler Boyd. Honestly, I feel like Tyler Boyd is the X factor in in that offense because if you think that you – because if you think you got both of those guys Mm -hmm. taken care of, Tyler Boyd is going to eat you – eat you for lunch and it's, it's not even going to be deep he's going to do short and intermediate yep. passes and that is b- beneficial for Orlando Brown because like you said he doesn't have it doesn't feel like he has to pass block as long as maybe a Lamar or as maybe a Patrick Mahomes even though we know Joe, Joe Burrow has extended plays before but um it, it, it's look we know that the left tackle position that they had was not that great and they needed to upgrade it. So this is an upgrade. Um, do we, do we believe that Orlando Brown is an upgrade? Yes. Do we also think that there's a, some inconsistencies there? Yes. Well, at least I do. I can't speak for everybody, but no, I can I, speak I for myself. Um, and, the, and there's some, but look, Hey man, working in an in, in offense that is productive and, and able to, you know, move the ball the way that the Bengals do similar to what the Chiefs was able to do. Hey, you know, if you're Orlando Brown, this is a, a, a very sweet spot for you um, to be there. And so um, it's interesting because now, now the Ravens have to play him two times a year, it seems. And again, you know, we know that there's uh, some pass rush, uh, although it did get better. I think it will get better. Let me say this. I think that the Ravens pass rush will get better. I, I can't wait for the, you know, Ajabo. And, you know, we've also seen Oway doing some off-season work and, you know, trying to work with his, with long-arming and stuff like that. So it should be fun to see how this goes for the two games against the Bengals. So Brown gets to play against his former team. You know, it, it's going to be some guys that he's not familiar with, which I wonder is an advantage on Brown or the Ravens in terms of um, play. Because the Ravens know who Brown is. They can pull the film out and say, this is who Orlando Brown is. We know how to... 
We could potentially know how to scheme against him because we used to see him in practice every day. Do you have the guys that's going to take advantage of that in a job all in a way? I'm curious to know um, how that works. But a way we know was one of the guys that um, they got in trade for Orlando Brown, who went as, to Kansas City on a first round draft pick. Um, and so away was the, the draft pick that they use uh, in that trade. So now we're going to find out, was the trade worth it? Was away the guy that that was, was trading Orlando Brown for the first round and getting away? Who won that deal? We're going to find out who won the deal. Was it the Ravens? Was it the Chiefs? We'll, we'll figure that out, obviously. But uh, it, it should be interesting and fun hopefully to a degree not the same type of Hayden Hurst fun because that was kind of weird actually I felt like that 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 was very one-sided but it should be fun to see Orlando Brown uh, playing against the team that drafted him uh, as the enemy now coming into 2023 it should be fun adding more spiciness to the AFC you know that's all that's doing but yeah uh, one of Lamar's main friends that was on the team Orlando Brown now back in the division on on a rival team the AFC North just continues to add the storylines yep it should be fun uh hopefully it should be fun and hopefully Lamar is there to engage in the fun as well because that is one of his good friends so um I want to say thank you all for listening it is March Madness Cordell it's officially March Madness season um, so this is a great weekend. Today is also St. Patrick's Day. So I would think that the perfect day would be out drinking green beer, watching March Madness. That should be Sounds your good. plan for a Friday. 60 I degrees think. as well. Oh, yeah. Too, so I mean, come on per- now. Perfect you, day to do it. Perfect day to do it. You can't beat it. Uh, I think that you all should go out and call out of work or take a half a day. Enjoy <laughs> The, the, the festivities of St. Patrick's Day. Enjoy the festivities that is March Madness. It's always fun. Somebody got to get upset, I hope, you know, within the next couple of days because it's always best when it's like when it first happens and not like at the end. That's the best part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am excited for it. Um, we want to thank you all for listening again. And so from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Winning Drive.